This is Liberal Amazon, a podcast supported by Vale. Hi everyone, how are you? We are back. This is Liberal Amazon, a podcast produced by journalists in Amazon. Today with me, my friend Victor Furtado, also a journalist at Unliberal.com. It's nice to have you here today, Victor. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. And today, we will talk about a city that was a center of latest extraction from the last century founded by American immigrants. And believe, if you walk in by the streets, you can see so many constructions the same as in the United States. This city is called Fordilandia, a local that still maintains American traditions after the founding of in the heydays of the Ruber Cycle. I say more, Fordilandia came from the name of the American founded, Henry Ford. Walking down the streets in Belterra, you can see a wooden made houses in white and green spread along several villages in the city. The houses bear the name of the functions performed by the workers who lived there almost a century ago. The flat streets in the city that played the whole of a factory dormitory embedded in the heart of the Amazon rainforest during the boom of the rubber cycle in Brazil are still full of references to the 1930s when the North Americans came from to Bela Terra, as it was originally called, to create a large latex extraction product, a raising activity that promised to highly leverage the economy in the Amazon. The villages were the places where those involved with the rubber production used to live. That is, the employees' townhouses designated by those who earn monthly wages, and the homes to the Americans, all built with outstanding characters which refer to that period. Here are some stories from the beginning. Around a century ago, in the late of 1920s, Henry Ford, founded of Ford Vehicle Industries in the United States, decided to send employees to the Amazon region for what was considered to be a strategic mission to build a city from extracted where latex could be extracted for rubber production. First of all, the intended goal was to supply his tire factories in the North America continent. That was how Fordlandia was born in 1928, on the banks of the Tapajós River, at the first place chosen for this dream to come true. What Ford did not know is that the place was not suitable for growing rubber trees. This fact caused the initial project to be abandoned due to the difficulties with rubber production. After everything was ready for the enterprise, Fordlandia was doomed to become a ghost town. And now I know that you are thinking that the city disappeared, but not, not yet. The pedagogue and professor Antonio Castro, specialized in the story, gives us a details. After the frustrated start of the project in Fordlandia, it was Henry Ford's son, Edsel Ford, also an entrepreneur, who insisted that his father should pursue the dream. This new area, with flat topography and fertile soil, was also designed in the American West, from customs and traditions to architectural structure. Ford 
had one million acre site granted to them, including a part of Aveiros and Itaitubas territories. In Belterra, initially, they got more than 281 acres and managed to strategically exchange part of their area. The city was fully planted. All the other roads are on the east-west axis, whereas the even ones are on the north-south axis. Unlike Fortlandia, Belterra's futures for the project were considered perfect. Ford's plans aren't working, but they were trying. In 1944, the Americans had already planted around 3 million acres of rubber trees. Of that amount, 2 million were GMOs, genetically modified organisms. And here one more detail. Henry Ford sent an American employee who was working in Southeast Asia to the Amazon, but they were not aware of these techniques. They didn't know about the fungus that attacked the plantation in Fordlandia. Many Europeans, however, already knew about it, and they were the ones who really joined efforts to accomplish the bigger planting in the Southeast Asia. Imagine what happens. The seeds were taken from the Amazon to England, where they began to produce the first plant seedlings and then taken to Asia. They genetically modified the seedlings because of this concern with the fungus. They did this work there. The plant adapted to the ground very well due to the soil and climate conditions. Antonio Castro emphasizes that even with the success of the ongoing project, a year later it came to an end. And among the main causes for this rupture in the first place was the death of the Henry's Ford son in 1943. The most enthusiastic supporter of the project in Brazil had serious health problems. The growing production of the synthetic rubber, which had already been discovered, although not yet produced on an industrial scale, also contributed to the project's downfall. And now I will tell you when the Americans gave up on their plans. The end of World War II was the third decisive factor. The Japanese took control of the Southeast Asian plantations, and in order to hamper Allied troops, they retracted the exports. The rubber production from the Amazon was not enough to supply the international demand. When the war was showing signs of weakening, Amazon suffered an economic collapse, and it stopped exporting but not stretching. It's an incredible story, right, Vitor? An American ghost city in Brazil. But the city survived, and the story of Belterra may be split into three main phases. One, led by the North Americans, a second phase, which the Ministry of Agriculture controlled the land through the federal policy offices, in Pará for 50 years from 1946 to 1995 and when the governor created the municipality of Belterra and a third phase involving the period that lasts until today. That's right, Cindy. And talk about stories. It is impossible not to talk about the people who made this. Like Charles de Valpontoja, 83-year-old resident, born and raised in Belterra. It's one of those people who followed the nearly 87-year historical trajectory of Belterra since the arrival 
of the Americas in the region around 1934. He is regarded as a local historian and poet who has even composed the city's anthem. Pantoja was once the administrator of the Terra and for the longitude when the two municipalities still fought for political emancipation. He has also held the position of environment and tourism secretary. Due to early death of his father when he was just two years old, the late Victor Chardoval was in charge of raising his three siblings. His mother did not have the financial means to support the family. This explains how two of the children, he and his young sister, grew up in a daycare facility provided by Ford Industries. After finishing basic schooling, Chardoval claimed his mother's plate, as we can say the identification of every employee in the Ford industry. Each worker had one white plate and four yellow ones. The white ones were to identify the employee and the yellow ones represented the material they needed. Chardoval himself started working in 1957 at the latex process plant. He stopped for a year to serve in the army. After his return, he engaged again in the studies and got a position as a physical education teacher in a high school. Then, along with the, his wife and four children, he moved to Rondonia, where he spent three years. When he returned to Belterra, he was already over 50 years old. When the project was over, we started to fight for emancipation, says Chargeable. And now, Cynthia, let's talk about how Belterra is nowadays. One of the greatest attractions in the city is the architectural ensemble for the Ford's era. It remains untouched, even after the end of the project and the city's emancipation. Likewise, many customs brought by the Americans also remain the same. Some houses have gone through renovations, rebuilds, but the population tried their best to preserve these original features. Even though materials from that time are very hard to find nowadays. Another high spot is the city's first church in the central square. It still keeps its intact frontage and the original benches inside. Currently, however, it only works as a deposit. Services are held in a building next door. High at the entrance to the city stands the famous water tower, one of the most visited spots. Installed at the Ford's request, it supplies Belterra to this day. Another thing which attracts attention is their siren blare, the sound that was used to alert employees for, the working for their working hours in the rubber plantations still sounds today. You can imagine. That's amazing city in Belterra is amazing. It's a place that everyone who comes to Pará in the middle of Amazon should come to and visit to know some part of the history that was brought from the United States, came from, came from a great industrial time. And tourists can also enjoy visiting the Bosque of Seringueiras. In English, we can call that rubber tree grove which was sheltered rubber trees ensuring their long-term survival since the extractive period and has an enchanting landscape. The Belterra Memory Center is located inside the grove. 
that is one of the best parts of the sightseeing around, which contains a photo archive, videos, and many original documents that can retell the story. And another charming destination, you can say, Victor, is Praia do Pindobal, or in English, Pindobal Beach. Contrary to what some believe, the site does not belong to Alter do Chão, but to Belterra. Floresta Nacional do Tapajós, Flona, or Tapajós National Forest, located within the municipality's boundaries, is also an attraction for many visitors. It's a beautiful place to visit it too. That's right, Cynthia. And when we talk about Amazon, it's very hard to dissociate from forests and trees and groves where you can find even many, many, very much a great part of the story of these places and how Brazil and the Amazon connected to the entire world. And now I'll tell you something. One of the Chardival's daughters, the business administration Zaira Pantoja, 47 years old, runs a restaurant in Belterra where her, with her husband. She says that there is a lot to explore around the beaches of Belterra, like Cajutuba, Porto Novo, Santa Cruz, and Pindobal, as you already told. The Belterra people like story, like history, and they love their city. They like to show what they have, but unfortunately, this is not the kind of publicized city and not very attractive to the tourism. But it's not just this, right, Victor? When we say investments they needed, we are talking about beach structures with shorelines and public restrooms would be very welcome. The paving of the road from Alter do Chão to Praia do Pindobal, the most famous in the region, would also help considerably. If that happens, the number of the visitors could be triple. That's a lot of people. And the Municipal Secretary of Tourism of Santarém, Alaércio Cardoso, agrees. For this reason, the department has been studying together with the Tourism Ministry, or Ministerio do Turismo in Portuguese, and the State Secretary of Tourism, how these investments should be made. The roads are among the investment plans for 2022, aimed at providing access to the beaches of Santarém and Belo. And here is a project that can help tourism at the region. The Belterra Science Museum, already underway, will operate the former Henry Ford Hospital destroyed by a fire in the mid-2000s and located inside the Bosque das Seringueiras, will certainly contribute to attracting people from outside. As many do not know, the story of Belterra, the initial focus will be on archaeological research into Asian indigenous civilizations. So, Cynthia, if the people want to know some more about Belterra and Fortlandia, it's better to go at the website and access the full content that Liberal Amazon brought to our audience at oliberal.com. 
Yes, Victor, you're right. At the liberal Amazon, you can see pictures and videos about this dam. Thank you for your company, Victor. We will be back next week. Bye, guys. I thank you, Cynthia, and I thank you for all those people listening to us right now. Access all of our products and social media. You can have much more from the Amazon, much beyond people are used to see. Content made by people who live in Amazon. We thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. have been listening Liberal Amazon podcast supported by Vali